the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Marissa Meyer's in trouble. Analysts are turning up the heat on her tenure at Yahoo, saying things like, why did you give an iPhone 6 to every employee? Why did you give everyone a jawbone up? Why free food for employees? Uh, it's $450 million. Why sponsor the Met Ball at a cost of $3 million? Why sponsor Davos? Estimated to be between about $1 and $2 million. Why throw lavish parties, including the great Gatsby-themed holiday party in San Francisco that costs $7 million? Um, why buy companies that... Uh, w- are being run by people who used to work at Google, where you used to work. Um, it's pretty interesting how she's gone from darling to basically a wicked witch in the analyst community. And, you know, I, the best thing she did was inherit a company that had a big stake in um, Alibaba. That's almost like being born into, you know, uh, Magic Johnson's fortunes. I don't know. Magic Johnson's. Go get Mark Zuckerberg's fortunes. Boy, that was a weird pull by me. Do I secretly want Magic Johnson to be my daddy? Uh, no, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Anyhow, and anyway, um, Wall Street's turned on her. And that's how fast your investments can go from good to bad. You know, you don't predict it that way. That would be ludicrous. But you're honest with yourself that. You know, Apple, great company. It's had an okay year compared to the market. It hasn't had a Google year or a Netflix year or a Facebook year. But Apple had a, a you know an amazing six-year run before that. So what? You know, where do we get a feel for this? Where do we go? Um, Sony was great in the 1990s, and Sony eventually became you know a dead company. Yahoo has been lingering as long as they can. They are the last holdout, per se, of the first dot-com wave. Uh, There was Lycos and um, Excite and um, 
you know, the hot mails of the world that, you know, their stocks have come and gone, long been acquired, web vans. Uh, Yahoo just doesn't seem to have it, to be quite honest with you. And uh, I think people are starting to notice that she hasn't been able to do much other than, you know, uh, present a sexy story, but without any earnings, without any revenue growth. So we'll see how long Marissa Meyer ends up lasting, Mr. Mayor, ends up lasting at uh, Yahoo. So earlier, or in previous shows, or you've probably heard of something called the Dogs of the Dow. Um, the Dogs of the Dow, it's an investment strategy where you basically look at the 10 stocks of the Dow Jones Industrial Average that ended the year with the highest dividend yield. A stock's dividend yield is paid over the past year, you know, divided by the stock price. The dividend yield can rise when a company boosts its dividend or when the stock price falls. So typically the dogs that now are companies that the price has fallen. Some years this strategy works great, some years not so much. I think it would be insane, insane in the membrane, insane in the brain. I think it would be insane, cuckoo, cuckoo, um, to say my investment strategy this year is to buy last year's losers on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, the strategy appeals to buy and hold investors who want to try to beat the market. It's paid off in full, for the last five years, um, where it's beat the Dow. But not this year. So far, again, there's a couple days left in the air. Um, Caterpillar's down 28%. The average dog of the Dow is down 4.7%. And the Dow is just down 1.2%. So that's uh, exponentially larger. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. The Federal Reserve has its two-day meeting going on. So nothing matters today. What's that rock song? And nothing else matters. Oh, Metallica. And nothing else matters. Um, where do I go with this? Oh. So the Fed's going to have their meeting today and tomorrow. And tomorrow they're going to announce something. And that's when you're going to see money start changing different directions. And they're going to have a you know a statement. And you know more money is going to start being committed to different directions. And I don't know which way we're going to go. Um I would put as much faith in Magic 8-Ball as an analyst on CNBC. Didn't you love Magic 8-Balls as a kid? Magic 8-Ball, am I going to marry a prince? No. (laughs) I'd have a Magic 8-Ball. We should have a Magic 8-Ball that only says negative things. No, but you might die. Um, Howard Stern announces a five-year deal with SiriusXM Satellite. What's interesting is, okay, so he's going to be on for five more years. Whether you love him or hate him, he is an amazing talent that's had an amazingly long career. That as he's gotten older, he's matured, and he's become beloved um, by Hollywood and celebrities because he's got a huge audience. And, you know, he tends to be one of the better interviewers. He'll give Coldplay, you know, an hour and a half interview. And then, you know, next day he's given Bradley Cooper an hour and a half interview, which is so much nicer than seeing, you know, Bradley Cooper on The Tonight Show where he gets six minutes. If you want to get to know Bradley Cooper, the best way, the only guy who's really doing long form interviews in the United States is Howard Stern. So anyway, 
part of this deal now it's he's going to give up also 12 years of his audio and video library for what's going to be later on a video component of the deal we don't know a lot about that but to me what that means is Sirius XM satellites preparing for the future there's going to be more video and video in your car maybe maybe not um probably right uh when 5g arrives and people are streaming data into their car you know why not watch tv while you're driving (laughs) especially if you have a driver a a car that's driving for you so the thing inside the story and again how much is he making i don't know i think he makes about 80 million dollars the show's paid about 80 million dollars a year of which not all of that goes to him um it's got a pretty big staff and such but a video library access for 12 years. I think that's interesting. The new Star Wars movie is going to make $8 billion in total sales. Or more. What do you think? Over or under? If it only pulls in $8, which is $1.95 billion in the box office, $750 million in domestic, but $1.95 you know, international. Um, a lot of that's going to be merchandising. $6 billion is expected to be merchandising. If it only does that, $8 billion. Is it the highest grossing film of all time? Well, if you include merchandising, yes. But if you include just ticket sales, it's going to fall behind Titanic and Avatar. So $1.95 billion, not good enough. Seattle votes to allow Uber and Lyft drivers to unionize. This is going to have some interesting ramifications. Because um, cost for Uber and Lyft will go up and... Are they going to just eat it? No, they're going to pass it on to you, the consumer. More than likely. Can't say that for sure, but that's my assumption. Uh, Lyft driver I took last night said, there's too many Lyft drivers. It's tough to make money. Kind of interesting, right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Here's a little Metallica for you. This has got to be one of the greatest rock songs of all time. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. So the Federal Reserve, when they raise interest rates, it's going to have some like trickle-down effects if they raise interest rates. I'm going to feel like a boob if they don't raise interest rates. Housing has performed really well. Um, ultra-low rates has helped housing, especially for low-end buyers, mid-end buyers, high-end buyers. Home sales are expected to total about 5.7 million this year. That's up from 5.4 million in 2014 and 4.6 million in 2011. Boom, boom, boom. Three good years in a row, getting better. And that's when mortgage rates were under 4%. In 2008, you're about 6%. Now, 6%, 4%, you sound, ah, 2%, what's that? 30, 30% lower borrowing costs is what it is. 
um, that's a pretty big drop. Today's housing market is supported by far more than low mortgage rates. There's good job growth. There's um, the idea that millennials are going to be moving out at some point in time. But don't forget, millennials have gotten pretty used to living in cardboard boxes um, or, shall I say, 600-square-foot apartments. So will the drift of the millennials offset the small drift of higher mortgage rates? So if you see mortgage rates drift from like 3.9% to 4.1%, that only adds about $26 to a mortgage. That's not enough to deter most people. But when you start drifting higher, and again, that would be a $225,000 mortgage, so $500,000 mortgage, you're talking about 50, 60 bucks, which isn't a killer. But at some point in time, you start pushing people out. Right now, there's a limited supply of homes. And that's helping uh, the housing interest market. Uh, autos, one of the things that people do, and I don't get this, they're investing, if you call it investing, um, they're buying a car for like seven years instead of six years, instead of five years. Low rates have definitely helped the auto sector top 17 million cars this year, juicing the economy. Um, auto loans are cheap with rates ranging you know, from zero to... for a typical five-year loan. But the improving economy has helped. The job market's helped. Low gasoline prices have helped. And consumers replacing old cars have helped. Typical cars on the road now 11 and a half years. Um, Mine's not quite that. Construction spend is up 10.7%. So again, how will interest rates uh, affect car companies? It's going to be more expensive to borrow. Not wildly, but but a little bit. And that should trim sales by about 1% in a year and up to 2% in two years. Construction companies, their spending is up 10.7%. If uh, a move by the Fed might provide a signal to nervous investors, the Fed is confident about the strength of the U.S. economy. Higher rates could, you know, attract more foreign investors in all types of assets, including real estate. So slightly higher borrowing cost projects is unlikely to become a dynamic um, the hotel and warehouse building craze may be winding down, so I'd be careful of where you invest in real estate. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, for 2016, there's something I really want you to really start thinking about. What can I do better? And, and I know that's simple enough. We all want to do better. Um, here's some things that you can do better. It's not make mistakes. And here's the mistakes most people make when handling money. They don't take advantage of their employer's 401k match or 401k. Billions of investment dollars are left on the table every year by people who just don't take advantage of their employer's matching program. That's a billion plus dollars. Billions are left. $24 billion unclaimed last year. My my employer gives me a 3% match. Um, some companies do a 6% match. That's like a 6% raise tied towards retirement. Buying a new car. Gas prices are at the lowest. Don't make that mistake. Gas prices are the lowest level they've been in six years. Brand new cars lose as much as 9% of their purchase value. You buy a car, it loses 9% of its value the moment it's driven off the lot. So you, so you buy a $100,000 car. It's now a $91,000 car the moment you drive it off the lot. 
if you just drive it across the street and sell it. If the purchase price of your new car is $30,000, that means you've got just thrown $2,700 out the window. So you could do the math. I think two-year-old used is sexy. Um, I would consider a well-maintained used car that you can afford to purchase with cash and not do high-end financing. Living paycheck to paycheck is a mistake most people make, and it's sad because at some point in time, your ability to earn, to earn a paycheck ends. Typically, 60 for most people. Sometimes it's a little bit earlier. Sometimes disability takes your ability to earn. So the easiest way to live off a percentage of your monthly income is to say, um, I'm going to save 10% and then start your budget going backwards. So save 10% to 15% of your paycheck. Uh, If you can't do 15, do 10. If you can't do 10, do 5. Even 1% of your monthly income put into an investment account each month will help you stave off financial difficulties. Maybe not enough, but it's a mistake people make. They live paycheck to paycheck. They don't save anything. Um, Some people have weird debt, whether it be college debt that they put on a credit card whether it be groceries that they put on a credit card. Credit card debts, you know, it's just say, and it's 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 variable. But let's say it's 15%, which is the average uh, run number in the United States for credit card debt. The average balance for credit cards in the United States of anyone who carries credit card debt month to month, what do you think it is? $15,355. That's a lot of money. That's $2,300 a year in interest. You need to make paying off debt a priority. Otherwise, you are going to work until the day you die. Um, A lot of people, a mistake people will make is they'll upgrade their housing. Um, Housing should never be more than 30% of your income. But some people go, I think I deserve it. I need a bigger house. I need a bigger house payment that I could really comfortably afford. And the the phrase that pays there is comfortably afford. Can you comfortably afford your payments in a good economy and a bad economy? Another mistake people make in 2016 that I don't want you to is not tracking your expenses. Keep a little bit of a, a budget so you don't have a black hole of consumer spending, especially if you have a spouse. The benefit of implementing a spending, you know, a spend tracking system is that you'll be able to easily pinpoint money wasted on things that are of little value to you. Uh, I've always said to parents, like, hey, if you want to get your kids Christmas presents, I'm all about it. Just don't get them cheap ones. So, because, you know, getting them something that's 20 bucks that's broken or tossed aside in one day, you don't get much bang for your buck. And the last mistake people make is they don't have a plan. They don't write things down. And that's that's crying shame, in my opinion. Bleacher's taking us to a break. We'll take a break here. Bleacher's big band two years ago. I'm Rob Black. They used to sing about the birds and the bees. The bees had declared a war. The sky wasn't big enough for them. They got help from below 
I'm Rob Black, Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com, Chief Market Analyst. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, just want to throw it out there to make you real and human. I saw a picture on Facebook of you and your family, adorable family, getting into the holiday spirits. It's, um, it's, it's really warming to see a nice thing like that. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I guess I could add to that that uh, on the warming standpoint, it was really warm in Chicago when we took that picture, so um, it was uh, ridiculously warm, if you will, in the 60s in uh, December, and of course that, I guess, could be a good segue into our market discussion, just talking about the idea that those warm temperatures continue to weigh on uh, on energy prices. Uh, yes, let's do that. Warm temperatures, um, winter, and oil and energy. And I think oil dropped below $35 a barrel the other day. And when I saw that headline, I was like, that can't be good. What, what's your thoughts on, on oil being where it is at this point in time? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny, Rob, how our kind of how our mindset has shifted from the early part of the year now to the end of the year. You know, I mean, you just said, you know, drop below 35 bucks can't be good. But you know, we were all saying uh, in early 2015 how oil coming down from 100 to 90 to 80 to 70 to 60, <laughs> that it was a good thing, right? Um, and it is, you know, uh, underlying everything. I mean, it certainly is, is better for the consumer, all things equal, uh, that they're paying less at the gas, less for heating oil and, uh, and the like. Um, but at the same time, if you're paying more for health care and more for rent, uh, it kind of cancels itself out, uh, those savings there. And, and so you're not seeing that big economic uh, uh, benefit that, uh, you know, many of us thought that we, that we might see. Um, and that's been certainly disappointing in the grand scheme of things here. And, and it's partly, you know, one of the drivers behind why uh, GDP growth still hasn't sort of, you know, broken out. Uh, we're just kind of still trudging along here around, you know, between 2 2.5% GDP growth. Uh, not terrible, but certainly not great in light of everything that the Fed has done up to this point and uh, how, far we out, how far out we are now from the, um, from the financial crisis. But, um, but it can say that, you know, consumers, the balance sheets are in better shape. There's no question about it. Um, if we could only get some real, you know, some better income growth now, paired with that, we might see consumers less inclined to save and and start spending a little bit more, which would then help drive stronger levels of of economic activity. But we're looking for wage growth and we're looking for continued employment, solid numbers. But isn't the Fed kind of declaring victory on the economic recovery by raising interest rates, which are only expected tomorrow, not definitive? Mm-hmm. But doesn't that say that you know maybe they should wait a little bit till we get those wait that wage inflation that you're calling for or asking for or wanting? Yeah, that's you know that's the great debate right now, uh, right? I mean, there is um, you know I think the Fed is 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 in a position where it frankly just desperately wants to have some interest rate room uh, in the event it needs to maneuver in the face of an economic downturn. It doesn't have that right now. Um, the Fed over uh, this. Odyssey, um, you know, has changed the tone of its communication, its guidance um, <clears throat> uh, several times. You know, it started out as being calendar-based, and when sort of things weren't looking so great at the time, they thought they could raise rates. Well, then they went to a strongly data-based uh, driven policy, and 
and uh, they were harping particularly on improvement in the labor market and, you know, and uh, signs that inflation was picking up toward the longer-run target of 2%. Really didn't get all of that, certainly on the inflation side, and so then they, they turned to be a little bit more qualitative. So instead of looking for the hard data that uh, verified that they had, you know, were hitting that long-run target, now they just want to be reasonably confident that they can, you know, they're making progress toward that long-run target. So, uh, you know, there are a number of uh, items out there that I think, you know, make for a very spirited debate as to why the Fed, you know, maybe shouldn't raise rates uh, on Wednesday. And by the same token, you know, why they could, you know, um, you know, one being just the risk of financial imbalances building the longer that they hold at the zero bound. <clears throat> and the other uh, line of thinking uh, that's been put out there by some Fed officials is that, look, you know, we're not in a an emergency economic situation today like we were, you know, in 2008, early 2009, and therefore you don't need to have emergency, uh, you know, monetary policy conditions in place. And so, so there's some validity on, you know, to that argument, certainly. Um, but, you know, the real curious thing here is going to be, you know, what does ultimately unfold here after the Federal Reserve, you know, does start down the path toward raising interest rates? And the market really, the way it's behaving of late, I think, doesn't really know, you know, what the outcome is going to be. And that's why you've had just this tremendous, you know, back and forth action uh, in recent months. And it's probably something we're likely going to have to be stuck with uh, into 2016. As a betting man. I'm not a betting man, but if I were a betting man, the the gambler inside me says oil's had just this horrific fall, pretty historic on some levels from where it was a couple of years ago at $150 a barrel. Wouldn't it make sense of you and I who've been in this business a while to talk to each other and say, probably can't go to zero. So when do we nibble at oil um, with a three-year time horizon? Do you do it now with a five-year time horizon? Do you do it now with is is there a, a balance of getting in a little bit now and wait for it to fall a little bit more? Is there a strategy that you would throw out? Yeah, well, I think, you know, that is the operative word being uh, nibble. Um, you know, okay. if you have that longer-term time horizon, you know, yeah, maybe you do start to nibble here a little bit. Um, you know, the thing to, uh, to remember, though, uh, here is that, I mean, you've got inventories that are – you know they're like near 80 year highs right now and okay. and that's a you know just the laws of economics the whole supply demand situation here is not very favorable uh for there to be a real uh you know sustainable material increase at this point and that's you know before Iran and you know has come back fully online with its oil and and we certainly have seen you know OPEC sort of embrace this you know uh, policy of you know of creative destruction, you know, just in terms of driving prices down and, and boosting supply to a point where they have to, you know, send those marginal producers out of business before you can get a real bottom here. Um, you know, we did, we saw oil prices, what, 10, 12 bucks a barrel back in the late 1990s. And so, um, so they can certainly still go, you know, considerably lower given the supply situation we're in, but you're going to have this ongoing question of have we hit bottom and you're going to see these sharp spikes followed by big sell-offs, and, but, you know, and, and you just don't really know here. You don't have a – I don't think there's really any strong signs yet that suggest that we have hit a bottom. So you're going to have tradable rallies, and they're probably going to sell into that strength. 
uh, knowing that there is such an over, uh, you know, supply situation here, and and uh, we need to see more people, more of these companies probably go belly up, and you know, see the rig count continue to come down, and and start seeing uh, consistent declines in weekly uh, oil inventories before there's uh, some real uh, budding uh, faith in this idea that we have hit a bottom. So if you're going to play this oil, uh, if you have a longer term time horizon. You only want to nibble here because I think it's too soon to like go in, you know, very heavily with this idea that we've hit bottom and and there's a lot of money to be made here in the short term, which there probably uh, is not that being over the next year or so. As a market analyst, I'm talking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com group that I've been working with. I've been paying for for 15 years. It's an amazing website, lots of research, good, credible stuff. Um, as an as an analyst, as a strategist, as a guy who's been around the block a little bit, do you play into the dogs of the Dow theory? Do you play into, like, today Los Angeles schools are closed after a safety threat? Maybe I'll go buy Smith & Wesson, or maybe I'll go buy, um, so, you know, the Santa Claus rally, some of the, you know, sell in May and go away, some of the maxims that are out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, those are those are maxims, I think, that are largely reserved for, for traders, um, okay. And, you know, bear in mind that no two years are alike. Um, you know, there's historical data that does suggest that, you know, the, the Santa Claus rally period, which is the last five trading days of the year, the first two of the new year, tend to be favorable. And, and so it, a lot depends on what the mood of the market is going into that period to help support that, you know, that maxim. Um, you know, keep in mind, too, the month of December is known as one of the best months for the market, and we certainly haven't done so hot so far. Um, so you just don't, you know, it's going to differ from year to year. Um, uh, and so I think those types of maxims are, are best reserved in terms of how you're playing them, only if you have a, a trader's mindset. And, uh, but if you have an investor mindset, probably better off sticking to the broader fundamentals uh, that drive stock prices and, and you know, staking your claims uh, from that standpoint. We're almost out of time, but is there anything that you're working on right now that you want to get out to the listeners? Well, I am going to be publishing my uh, 2016 market view um, on Friday. Um, and as I mentioned earlier in the interview, I, I think we could be in for somewhat of a sloppy year um, uh, that you know mirrors somewhat what we've been seeing here in recent months with a lot of uh, big moves up and, and selling into that strength uh, as we try to deal with this inflection point that we're hitting with respect to monetary policy. Thanks very much, Patrick. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. You can find him online at Briefing.com. I start my morning every single day with his writings. Um, And again, I saw him on Facebook the other day, his family for the first time. I was like, it was warming. So human connections are are nice. Anyway, you can find him at Briefing.com. There's a lot of writers, a lot of stories, a lot of trends, a lot of ideas there. Uh, By all means, it'll help and complement your research and not replace your research. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money 
on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate it. You listen, I'll do my best to try to come up with some content for you um, that hopefully will get you to retirement. Boeing announced that its board authorized a $14 billion share purchase repurchase program and a 20% increase in its quarterly dividend. I like shares of Boeing. Uh, There's not a lot of choices in airplanes. I know that's maybe sometimes oversimplifying it. Um, So everyone knows there's not a lot of choices in airplanes, right? So this is not a cheap stock. But I think you'll be okay if you own it for the long term. More countries are flying around the world. More people are flying around the world. If you go back to 1975, this was an 87 cent stock. And you go five years ahead and it's $4. 87 cents to $4. And then it goes five more years ahead and it's 11. And then you go five more years ahead and let's say you're at 1992, it's at 22. Then you go five years more ahead and it's at 47. So that takes us to about 1996. Go up to 2001. Let's go 9-11. Because I think that's kind of interesting for people. The stock um, was at $33. So there was a period where it underperformed. But five years later, it's at $88. Five years later, again, in 2014 from 2005, it's at 145 Every five-year period, it's gone up since the 70s. There's been period where it was a little oh dicey, as has been with markets, but Boeing's a good solid company. You may not get rich quick with it, but I think you'll get rich over time. Markets are higher today for now. We have a Fed meeting that comes out tomorrow when they publish what they're gonna do and why they did it. Things can change then. We got the fifth Republican debate. Will it reshape the race? Um, I think you will see some flares tonight because time is running out for the people who are in third, fourth, and fifth, not to mention sixth, seventh, eighth. You know, I think you'll see Marco Rubio push Trump. I think you'll see Cruz push Trump. Cruz has climbed to the top of the field. Um, he's battled Rubio over immigration, national security. He is the non-Washington candidate other than Trump. That seems to be ringing some, I don't know, uh, getting on the same page. Uh, it, it seems to be working for the Republicans right now, but we'll see. Again, I, I don't know politics, and I don't pretend to know politics, so don't get mad at me. Schools in Los Angeles are all closed today because of a credible threat of violence. This is something that, again, we're going to have to deal with, I think, going forward. Every school in the Los Angeles Unified School District was closed because of what officials described as a credible threat of violence. You obviously have to take that very, very seriously. Students were all sent home. This is Los Angeles, the second largest school district in the United States with 900 schools. Now, someone on one of their boards got called. Typically, I think if it's going to be terror, you're probably not looking at a phone call. So maybe, I don't know. Again, I'm not a terrorist expert. 
I'll stand by that. Um, so the Los Angeles Times reporting the threat was a bomb threat called into a school board member, though it's unclear which board member. Several school bus drivers told ABC7 in L.A. that dispatchers had called them to their respective depots in the morning, but school officials said no buses were threatened. Uh, the New York Police Department tweeted out that there had been specific but non-credible threats made at New York City schools as well. Uh, they did not see it as a credible terrorist threat. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to have more security in our lives. Um, how do you feel about security at airports? Most people grumble. I saw a guy the other day in an airport just freak out on TSA agents. You can't touch me. I know my rights. It's just play along. No one likes that process, but no one likes a freak, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, money, investing, and more. Uh, a lot of analysts now are turning on Marissa Meyer over at Yahoo, basically saying, too lavish, time for her to go. Um, and by too lavish, you know, it's pretty easy to put a finger on some things that would upset some people. She gave an iPhone 6 to every employee. That cost the company about $9.3 million. But she wanted to focus on mobile. She gave all employees a jawbone up on her first anniversary. That's about $2 million. Free food for all employees, $450 million over four years. Sponsoring the Met Ball, because when you think Met Ball, you think Yahoo! That's a $3 million cost. She sponsored Davos, Davos, estimated to be about $1 to $2 million. Big Great Gatsby theme party. That cost about $7 million. A big Wizard of Oz party. That was another couple uh, million, I'm sure. Uh, analysts think the company could cut $2 billion in cost by reducing its workforce by 75%. Selling Yahoo Sunnyvale Campus, which has about a $1.8 billion value. Instead, leasing only the space required for a smaller workforce. It's really send a message that the air is over. Analysts are pushing for Yahoo to revert to its old logo. Wow. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. Take a look at your finances. If you need a financial planner, contact CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's that time of year where you should really know how much you have and where you're going with your financial plan. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.